Hello, this is Zandi Hicks. This podcast is called Bold, Brave, and Daring because, well, that's already inside of you. You can choose to be bold, brave, and daring every day of your life. And this podcast teaches you how to walk through life with God, Him showing you how to become bold, brave, and daring. This podcast is like letters from God Himself. So stay tuned because I know that He wants to speak right to you. Hey y'all. So today is letter 29 of the Screwtape Letters. Only three left. It's crazy, including today's. So today this letter is talking about the war again, and the patient is definitely going to be in the thick of danger. So which way should Wormwood lead him towards? Should he push the patient towards courage with pride or hatred of the Germans? So I'm going to start reading, and it says, Well, I'm afraid it is no good trying to make him brave. Our research department has not yet discovered how to produce any virtue. This is a serious handicap. To be greatly and effectively wicked, a man needs some virtue. What would Attila have been without his courage, or Shylock without self-denial as regards the flesh? But we cannot supply these qualities ourselves. We can only use them as supplied by the enemy. And this means leaving him a kind of foothold in those men whom otherwise we have made most securely our own. So, the demons cannot make virtues, which we learned in previous letters, but this one addresses it again. They can only use what God puts inside of us as humans. So, they have to leave a foothold for God to get to us, even men who are the devils, and that he's taken over. We always know as believers that God will be inside of us and part of us. We're made in his image, and no matter if people take their whole lives to come to God, he's chasing after them. That's what that says to me, is there's always a foothold for God to be in there. And I think even without it being in this book, we know God is always chasing after us. He's always going to come after prodigal sons and daughters. Next, it talks about hatred, and it says, hatred, we can manage. The tension of human nerves during noise, danger, and fatigue makes them prone to any violent emotion, and it is only a question of guiding the susceptibility into the right channels. If conscience resists, muddle him. Let him say that he feels hatred, not on his own, but on that of the women and children, and that a Christian is told to forgive his own, not other people's enemies. In other words, let him consider himself sufficiently identified with the women and children to feel hatred on their behalf, but not sufficiently identified to regard their enemies as his own and therefore proper objects of forgiveness. So that's saying to Wormwood, use noise, danger, fatigue, any violent emotion to get the patient to feel hatred and then get him to feel hatred towards his enemies and on behalf of women and children, their enemies. But as a Christian, he's called to forgive his enemies, all enemies, So even if he forgives his enemies, he still sees the women and children's enemies as his own. I think we can totally relate to that. Like, if your friend has, like, a rival, they're your rival as well. Even though we're called to forgive all enemies and love them, we can't fall for that trap of believing, you know, well, that's this person's out to get them, and so I'm going to be on their side. No, no, there's no sides. It's love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. So 
That's what that's talking about is getting the man to forgive his enemies and see that he needs to do that, but see other people's enemies still as his enemy and they don't need his forgiveness. It goes on to say, but hatred is best combined with fear. Cowardice alone of all the vices is purely painful, horrible to anticipate, horrible to feel, horrible to remember. Hatred has its pleasures. It is therefore often the compensation by which a frightened man reimburses himself for the miseries of fear. The more he fears, the more he will hate. And hatred is also a great antidote for shame. Antidote means pain reliever or anything that soothes disturbed feelings. So hatred is also a great number of shame. I'm going to keep reading. To make a deep wound in his charity, you should therefore first defeat his courage. Now this is a ticklish business. We have made men proud of most vices, but not of cowardice. Whenever we have almost succeeded in doing so, the enemy per permits a war or an earthquake or some other calamity, and at once courage becomes so obviously lovely and important, even in human eyes, that all our work is undone. And there is still at least one vice of in which they feel genuine shame. The danger of inducing cowardice in our patience, therefore, is lest we produce real knowledge and self-loathing. The danger of inducing cowardice in our patience, therefore, is lest we produce real self-knowledge and self-loathing with consequent repentance and humility. And in fact, the last war, thousands of humans, by discovering their own cowardice, discovered the whole moral world for the first time. In peace, we can make many of them ignore good and evil entirely. In danger, the issue is forced upon them in a guise to which even we cannot blind them. So, when the demons are trying to make men cowardly, which leads to hatred and shame, God allows an earthquake or a war or whatever worldly event to happen to make bravery rise up. He protects us from getting too comfortable and makes morals and values rise up in us. It wakes us up to good and evil. Wow. Before COVID, maybe we were all getting too comfortable. God allowed COVID to happen. And as awful as a, a pandemic is and has been, God allows things to happen, good and evil, because then we're, we wake up. We see our need for him. He did this so many times in the Old Testament. People would want to do their own thing. They would worship false gods. They would sin. They would marry whoever they wanted, and God would let them. He would just let them do what they wanted. And then war would break out, or a famine would break out, or they'd become enslaved by another country, and they would start crying out to God again, and he would rescue them. Today, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, prompting us on good and evil. But we can still get numb. We can still get comfortable. And then something like COVID happens and wakes us up. We need a savior to help us navigate life again when we wake up. What's wrong? What's right? What's true? What's false? Where do we go from here? All these questions, we need God to help us navigate in moments of questioning what is happening in the world. Our bravery has to rise up in us. Hatred has to die, and love has to be our motivator. It goes on to talk about how God made this world dangerous so that virtues would rise up in us. Screwtape tells Wormwood, Pilate was merciful till it became risky. 
So Pilate is the one who decided if they were going to kill Jesus and crucify him on the cross or not. He didn't want to. He didn't want to kill Jesus. He was like, Jesus is innocent. I don't understand why you're trying to accuse this man. But he was afraid. He was afraid that the crowds would riot and that they would not like him anymore. So he went along with what the crowd wanted. That, to me, shows cowardice. I know it was all a part of God's plan to get Jesus to redeem our sins, to the redemption and the resurrection. But Pilate showed cowardice in that moment. When I read this, it brought me to asking myself, am I true to myself? Am I true to God, but only to a point, like Pilate was? He was courageous in speaking up for Jesus and saying, this man did nothing wrong until he realized that he had to do what the people wanted him to do. I want to be courageous without limits. I want to stand up for what I believe in and not care if it involves risk because God tells us not to fear man. I don't want to be cowardice in the choices that I make and the actions that I take. It says in this letter, As to the actual technique of temptations to cowardice, not much need be said. The main point is that precautions have a tendency to increase fear. The precautions publicly enjoined on your patient, however, soon become a matter of routine, and this effect disappears. What you must do is keep running in his mind, side by side with the conscious intention of doing his duty, the vague idea of all sorts of things he can do or not do, inside the framework of duty, which seems to make him a little safer. Get his mind off the simple rule, I've got to stay here and do so-and-so, into a series of imaginary lifelines. If A happens, though I very much hope it won't, I could do B. And if worse came to worse, I could always do C. Superstitions, if not recognized as such, can be awakened. The point is to keep him feeling that he is something other than the enemy and the courage of the enemy supplies to fall back on. So that what was intended to be total commitment to duty becomes honeycombed all through with little unconscious reservations. By building up a series of imaginary expedients to prevent the worst coming to the worst, you may produce, at the level of his will, which he is not aware of, a determination that the worst shall not come to the worst. Then, at the moment of real terror, rush into his nerves and muscles, and you may get the fatal act done before he knows what you're about. For remember, the act of cowardice is all that matters. The emotions of fear in itself is no sin. And though we enjoy it, does us no good. It's the act of cowardice. So, what I just read to you, courage is a virtue that God supplies. Only he can supply it. And he places that inside of us already. And when you have God inside your heart and your mind, you don't have to be afraid of the what-ifs, the future scenarios, the superstitions, pandemics, wars, anything that will break out. Because God's got it taken care of. When we step up and we move into bravery, we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to act on fear. And we don't have to shrink back and live in cowardice, which leads to hatred and shame and feeling terrible about ourselves versus how God wants us to feel, which is knowing that he has made us strong and courageous. When I read this, I thought of the verse in 1 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14, and it says, This is God talking. He says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, 
or send a plague among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. What that says to me is when we call on God in the seasons of like COVID, in the seasons of war, when there's famine breaking out, when there's crazy things happening in the world like earthquakes and tornadoes and hurricanes and all these crazy things. God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God will heal our land when we turn to him. That's why it's so important that we share with people who God is, because then we can all move towards him as a nation, as a generation, as all of his people in the world. And we can all turn towards him. And that's when he heals the land. That's when we are all seeking his face. That's when we know God's got us. We can be full of courage and we can be brave because we know There's nothing to shy away from. We're not afraid. So I'm pretty sure this is like my second favorite letter because it's so powerful. And my podcast is called Bold, Brave, and Daring. So this just goes right along with that. (laughs) So I hope this makes you feel empowered today and excited and courageous and that we can overcome anything that happens in the world, dangerous, whatever it may be. Because we can turn towards God and know that he's right there with us. So have a good day and I will talk to you guys in letter 30 tomorrow. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. Bold, Brave, and Daring is all about making you bold, brave, and daring. Like I say, because it's already inside of you and God wants to show that to you. So if you have any questions please DM me, message me. I would love to hear your questions or about what God has done in your life. So let me know, comments, and I love you and I hope that you have a wonderful week.